0: to civil discourse. This is not a safe this space. This
1: is not a safe space, safe
0: space. Safe space. Oh man, what, are, what what do you mean not a safe space, by the way?
1: Well, basically, uh, you know, uh, if you have a problem with what we say here, you can turn us off.
0: That's right. It's it's called self-censorship. You censor it out, edit it out, it's gone, right?
1: But, <laughs> but I'd like to say to our listeners who, first of all, welcome. Welcome. uh, Civil discourse. This is not a safe space. I'm Charles Secrese.
0: And I'm Mike Koeniger,
1: And we are two bald guys complaining about life, right?
0: (laughs) We're, We're like the two guys in the Muppets, right? So oh,
1: oh, the Muppets! Dun 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 dun. We anyway. should. <laughs> well,
0: I, I, first off, I, I'm glad that you and I are here together, and I'm glad for anyone who's listening right now. So, uh, what? Let's talk a little bit more deeply about what is the meaning of, of this, and why are we actually thinking that what we're doing right now is relevant? Uh,
1: so we've we've been talking about doing something like this for a really long time. And I think part of the enthusiasm and motivation of for that idea has come from our own personal relationship, um, which, I, I mean, should we tell people how we know each other? Is that something we should-
0: We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. I promised.
1: We don't want to start with that because that might just send them away too quickly. I don't
0: know. Yeah, they probably run screaming.
1: Yeah, I, I tried. Um, but uh, no, we we really looked at our two backgrounds- and, you know, our circumstances have sort of tied our hands together. We can't, you know, just stop talking. And so in the, with with the option to walk away not being there and, and being forced to sit and play nicely together, we discovered that what a lot of people would call two people who should have nothing to do with each other. I think we've become pretty good friends.
0: I would think so. In fact, I would call us fast friends. Um uh, and it it's been an interesting journey, and to be fair, we do have a lot of common interests as well. Uh, music. Well, see,
1: that's the key, isn't it?
0: <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> isn't it Music, motorcycles, uh and, and the thing we'll get into here in a few moments. Taste but, and women. But, but, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I, I said taste in women
0: uh, exactly, which is what we're going to get to. as well <laughs> as a, a well-defined palates who who enjoy things the finer things in life, like bourbon, wine. Uh, good food, good uh, cigar, and, and, and dive bars in Manhattan. <laughs> so, All those things
1: you're not supposed to—that they're not good for you, right? And so, right, right, know.
0: right. So, anyway, tell before I tell you about me. Why don't you tell me a little about you?
1: Okay, so um, as we said, I'm, my name is Charles Sacre. The, the full name is Charles Frederick Sacre, but that takes too much time. And um, I'm I'm originally a New Englander. Uh, I come from a family of of people in the arts, primarily in music, but also in theater and film. And my career to date and education has also primarily uh, been in the arts. I'm a classical pianist, uh, though I love jazz, something we have in common. You know, having that background in the arts, and as both a performer and 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 then an administrator of the arts. And pre-COVID, you know, I was starting to move into a a real direction with working with um, more significant performing and fine arts organizations on an administrative level. Then COVID hit. And I thought that instead of sitting around twiddling my thumbs till it was over, I'd do something that could up my game uh, career-wise to... Uh, So that when COVID was over, I could come back out and really hit the ground running uh, with, you know, larger organizations in the arts and leading them and so forth. And so I went and did a master's right here at Sacred Art University in uh, communication. And it was funny how much of that study opened up some very interesting reading and writing and conversation around kind of the state of our country world community no particular order there that really brought some concerns about our ability to think and speak and interact with each other and that brought a lot of stuff back to some of what you and i have uh, have talked about repeatedly mike um and so I think that that sort of was the birthing ground of this idea um, to to create a space where we could really talk about some serious stuff that that needs to be discussed um, with different points of view and perspective and backgrounds and sourcing. Um, but you know, to do it in a way that uh, we can actually walk away at, at an elevated place from where we walked into the conversation with a better understanding of some stuff that we can explore together. So
0: there you go. And, and I think uh, I'll riff off that for a moment. We had this discussion almost a year ago, we were on a family vacation, which is a hint. Uh, and we talked about how uh, civil discourse had died essentially in, in modern society and then spoke well into the night, not arguing, but literally discussing how we both bemoaned the fact that you can no longer have healthy debate, but, really quickly, I am the son of Bavarian German, uh, parents, immigrants. Uh, my mother immigrated pregnant with me to the United States. I was raised in a large family, uh, pretty blue collar initially, though my father went to school in the evenings and became an engineer later in life. So I, I grew up low middle income, whereas my, uh, younger brothers grew up upper middle income and, uh, joined the military at 17, served for 20 years, then became an inner city school teacher for 10 years. Um, uh, and went and got all my degrees: got a master's in instructional technology and a doctorate in educational leadership. Went to work in corporate America, and uh, teach adults now. Uh, but but that's that's a really you know that's my work history. But I'm I'm a composer of music. Um, some would say a haphazard composer of music. Others would disagree. Uh, love love vocal uh, performance. Uh, I have a million hobbies, ride motorcycles, a motorcyclist, uh gardener, you name it, I do it cooking everything, and uh I guess we should reveal why we know each other, right <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, well, uh okay, <laughs> so our wives are married. Wait a minute, no, hang on a second. Married, our wives are sisters
0: and we're married, no, wait a minute. No. <laughs> Our wives are sisters. So Our wives are sisters. I, I am sisters. married to the oldest sister Megan. Yes. You're married to the middle sister Aaron. Yes. So. <laughs> and know.
1: and uh, the younger sister uh, is in the picture and there's and there's a younger brother in there too and yes. all in all we make a big happy um and and put an asterisk around the happy part family. Um but that I think that's called normal. I don't know.
0: Uh, well, I, I, you and I've had this discussion. We've had a lot of discussions in the past, and uh, but but all families are dysfunctional. It's just a matter of when they're dysfunctional. So anyway, when and
1: how they express it, you know, absolutely. Um, I, mine was not uncommon to you know just storm out of the room at any particular moment when you know the conversation didn't go the way somebody wanted. Um, Which
0: is another background we share. Uh, we come from very similar family dynamics, and our parents are pretty much essentially the same age. So yeah. uh, we were we were raised by folks, I think they call it the silent generation, between the boomers and the uh, greatest generation, uh, and those are our parents. Uh, the, so,
1: our parents are the greatest generation?
0: No, so our parents are what they call the silent generation. Oh, the
1: silent generation. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, I wish that was true. Um <laughs> well, but <laughs> anyway
0: so, uh, so we we've revealed all these wonderful secrets um but i i really the question i think that that this is all begging now that we're a good ten minutes in is oh, why is this important why is this discussion important?
1: so I watched a uh a rather interesting thing, and I've written something about this uh the other day um where I was driving down the road in my neighborhood and I ended up behind a bicyclist who was climbing a hill and, you know, I wasn't in a rush. It was a beautiful day and this, and I'm into cycling. So it's kind of fun to see people on, you know, out, you know, doing things properly. And, uh, I had no problem slowing down and letting this guy finish getting over the the top of this hill, which couldn't have been another 30 feet away. And it was a narrow road. So it really wasn't safe to pass. So I, I just slowed down And, uh, this car came from the other direction and she felt, I don't know if she was speeding and she came over the hill and realized there was a cyclist got scared. I don't know, but whatever the case was, she, she did slow down, but, uh, along with slowing down, she rolled the window and cussed this guy out. Like you just wouldn't believe get an F in life, get a job. What's the man, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And it was. One of these totally non sequitur cussings out, you know, where did that come from? What is this guy doing to you? You literally can keep driving straight on by. How has this become a problem in your life? And he, of course, you know, as probably most of us instinctively would do, you know, turn around and say, well, F you too, blah, 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 blah. So I'll make point number one is that kind of interaction has become pretty normal place, I think, unfortunately. I mean, you see people, you know, having that kind of uh, aggressive uh, tell-off on a, on a regular basis, on TV, on the news, you know, in government, uh, in schools, at games, whatever it is. What was particularly unpleasant about this whole experience was that the moment we got to the top of the hill, there was a man walking his probably seven, eight-year-old daughter down the street into, a uh, towards the school that, uh, they were walking towards. And I mean, this was a foul display of human indecency and there was no way that that little girl, uh, could be protected from it. You know, it was as a parent, you know, I'm a parent. I've got an eight year old, Mike, I know you've got kids you've raised. They're older than, uh, they're not children anymore, but they were at one point. This is not the kind of thing you want to expose your kid to, right? Am I wrong?
0: Right. No, no, I agree. I agree. And, and you know, I read, you, we talked about this incident, and, and I read the the piece that you wrote regarding it. And I, I I empath, when I first read it, I empathized with the bicyclist, you know, mm-hmm. what would this poor guy do to get, get this assault? And then as I read further, you know, I, I read about the dad and his, his child, and I was just you know, there used to be a time when, when we would say not in front of kids. And, and uh, obviously, either she didn't see the child or she didn't care. Um, and, and to your earlier point, what did this poor guy do other than ride his bike up a hill? By the way, I don't know why riding a bicycle means he doesn't have a job, but that's enough. Well, another,
1: there, we <laughs> could. Um, that's a whole other podcast we could unpack <laughs> yes. right there. But
0: <laughs> yes, but, you know, I, I, I read this whole incident, and, and the unfortunate part is um, – I think all of us are capable of flying into that rage for no real given reason. Uh, And I think with maturity, a lot of us learn to suppress that, that uh, rage and look at the situation. Uh, But I think more and more often folks don't feel a need to suppress anything. So, uh,
1: well, it's, there's, there's a, and I forget now, uh, by the way, there's a, a limited degree of research we're ever going to do on this show. I think we just should put that out there, you know, we're just going to touch the surface of some things, but let's not right. go too deep. Um, <clears throat> because that would make it seem like we know what we're talking about. Um, God but forbid. <laughs> the, I forget who it was who, who said this, but it was something and, and, and forgive my misquote, the, Society is where the laws of nature end and the laws of man have to begin, where we put aside our human, our animalistic instincts and function at a higher level of thinking. And we are at our core animals. There's no question about it. I mean, anybody who's seen a a mob of people, you know, the mob mentality, the herd mentality, take away the societal civility And we are very quickly reduced to a herd mentality of animal. Um, But we have something that animals, quote unquote, don't have choice. And when we pause and take a moment to make a choice, there's just an infinite number of, 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 of directions that give us freedom to Make a go a better direction, and every one of us has had an experience where we failed to take that pause to make that choice in in a different direction. And some people make the choice in the wrong direction; they 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 choose to go with the aggression. I think we may have seen something recently on a television, uh, an Oscars event recently, that uh, is an example of that. Um, probably should keep names out of it. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Which was interesting, because uh, I was, as you know, I was in the mountains. uh, And just quick disclosure on some personal information, I have a foster son who's going to be a year old here in the next few days. Bless you. So i would taken him to the mountains. And uh, I missed the whole incident. So you and I spoke on the ride home and you said, have you heard the news? And I, I was absolutely clueless. And so you had the, um, I, I guess, the misfortune of having to tell me what had happened on that that show. And, you know, on the surface, I said, okay, that's interesting. And then when I watched it, I was more disturbed than the way you described it. And uh, I, I, but I think it comes to the heart of the issue. Uh, two men whom, whom I've always respected in, in their profession a great deal uh, have a disagreement. And instead of talking it out, one of them decides to use physical force, right?
1: Well, <clears throat> excuse me, there's, there's no cough button here in the studio. <laughs> so, um, I think the, so there, there are so many things unpacking. and I don't, I mean, so much has been said on this incident. The last thing I want to do is make our show about that specifically, Agreed. but Agreed. It, it is a good reference point that is recently in, in the, in the eye and ear of people. Um, and I think w- among the many curiosities and, and unfortunate uh, things that happened that night, um, what's fascinating um, to a certain degree is the period of time that between the decision to go up there on stage and the actual time it took to walk up to Chris. There was an infinite amount of time to reconsider. <laughs> you know uh, and i i i'll speak for my i don't know how many times i have gone you know just at the end of my rope with somebody i'm going to let them know what i think and where i am and what I'm about never intending to hit them by any means and by the time the actual between that decision and the actual moment to go ahead and say my piece reconsidering took place you know re- reevaluating what my goal is here what the purpose of this what are the outcome potentials and making perhaps a different choice, you know, and that didn't happen there. And I think the the story with the, the woman in the car and the bicyclists and the man with his daughter is interesting because let's give the driver the benefit of the doubt. She started talking before she noticed the child was there. Let's just presume that. Of course. Well, The next time she is irritated by somebody else on the road, do you think, uh, based on the practices we witness in society today, that she might remember this incident and pause before she tells the person off, you know, aggressively with sign language?
0: (laughs) We we could hope, but unfortunately, I am jaded by modern society society and, and figure probably not. She'll do it again and again and again. And, you know, I think sometimes uh, just just for the sake of this discussion, sometimes we forget we're sitting on top of a thirty five hundred to six thousand pound weapon in a car. It's true. And when you allow your emotions to take over, then you do really stupid things like I observed a a driver go after a motorcycle with his vehicle, uh, which can only end one way (laughs) and not a good way. Uh, and you know the repercussions of that are, of course, uh, that driver ends up in jail and and probably with a huge civil fine on top of a lawsuit, and the motorcyclist, of course, ends up dead. And, and so, um, you know, and 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 people will say, well, I've seen motorcyclists do this, that, and the other thing. That's immaterial. You know, at the end, being stupid on a motorcycle is not a death sentence. And so, I I I think to your point we have learned we have unlearned the ability to put that filter between our brain and our actions Mm -hmm. so a lot of us just run on those actions whether they're rational or not and and by the way there's three fingers pointing right back at me uh the younger version of me uh, did do some really stupid things no no of course it's not so keith you don't believe this do you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I will I will cop to it in a, in a moment, uh, because I was very undisciplined, probably well into my 30s. Uh, and uh, it was encouraged in the environment I quote was raised in in, in my early 20s. you know, uh, there's one purpose for the military. And so anyway, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's it's a critical a critical point is we've lost those older it's now older folks. I mean will Smith and 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 Chris Rock are not young people. I think Chris and I are about the same age, and I think Will's, what, about 10 years younger?
1: I'm not sure. There are some interesting words that are getting thrown around, though, in this uh, discussion about them, you know, words of privilege and and permissiveness and so forth. And it's interesting because (laughs) – I I don't want to reference things like make America great again or anything, but um, there's another version of that in a different context that uh, our parents' generation will often use, the good old days or back in the old days, you know, something like this would never have happened or or whatever the context might be in the moment. And look, I think there's not a lot of debate that there were some pretty terrible things that happened in this country back in the thirties and before and so forth. But, there were also some ways we comported ourselves in polite society that we have gotten away from. It's hard to imagine Clark Gable getting up at the Oscars, no matter how much disagreement there may have been with something somebody said and walking up on stage and smacking someone across the face.
0: No, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. And, and, you know, before, before this uh, conversation, I was thinking back, uh, And I'm not a huge Bob Hope fan, but he popped in my mind. You know, Bob Hope told jokes about both political parties. Both. Mm -hmm. Imagine that nowadays. (laughs) So anyway, uh, you know, the biggest incident I remember before in the Oscars was there was a streaker in the 70s. And I think it was David Niven was presenting. Mm -hmm. And he said, shame on that man for coming in front of us and displaying his shortcomings. (laughs) It was hysterical, right, <laughs> or something. Of, I, I probably didn't get it right, but I got the spirit of what he said. And, and you know that was a hoot. And uh, I, I think,
1: I think that honestly, that should have been an example to us from this point forward, ladies and gentlemen. If you feel the need to take out aggression on somebody, take your clothes off first.
0: Right, right. I think that's and, the
1: standard. Right. <laughs> there if, we go. If everybody and, pauses, strips, then proceed. I think we'd see a different world. I really do. <laughs>
0: i don't know that i want to picture this in my mind's eyes so and hopefully they don't either
1: (laughs) see that's the point
0: (laughs) anyway uh you know one of the things that that you know and we've kind of touched on this are we guilty of this meaning uh and by the way before we go into this who's this frederick guy that i'll occasionally talk to do you want to explain that
1: okay so uh it's difficult because i i grew up as fred and why, that's my middle name, because my father's name is Charles, and there weren't going to be two Charleses in the house. So everybody called me Fred, or if you were really special, you got away with Freddy. Them days are done. Um, but then uh, when I was older and, you know, things started to be more adult and in their nature, Frederick became the way uh, I referred to myself. And those who know me personally and and so forth still call me Frederick to this day. But you start buying cars and houses and applying for loans and legal things and so forth. And they start looking at, you know, birth certificates and legal licenses and all this other stuff. And my first name kept appearing. And Charles more and more frequently would be, it was just trying to correct everybody who just saw what was on the paper became an endless task. So I finally stopped and said, yep, Charles, that's me. Here we go. And eventually, I decided professionally to just use my full name, Charles Frederick Secrese. Um I'm, I'm not so pretentious to have a DR in front of it yet. I don't know people like that. But
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I just got picked on. But anyway, I don't know. I, I don't did know. I go, did it, I fly into a rage? <laughs> was,
1: that's why you're in Virginia. By the way, everybody, we're doing this in separate studios and separate states and separate regions of the country. So, you know, if things do go south. Literally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, and that doesn't mean we won't do it in person from time to time as well. No, uh, but
1: we will have a beverage in hand when we do. That's absolutely. the key. Drinking people, uh, right that's now, the, the key.
0: Right now the beverage in hand, by the way, is Agua.
1: <laughs> I actually brought mine into the studio, but it's sitting on the other side of the room, and I didn't want to take my stuff off to go get it. So, not a, not a,
0: not a smart move.
1: No, no, <laughs> failure. I have failed this podcast.
0: So, so <laughs> if, if I if I if I reference Frederick or Fred, uh, and by the way, the only person allowed to call him Freddie now is Curtis Mayfield, and he's no longer with us. So, yes. anyway. Uh, if it was. I by Fred, the way, I'll, I'll drop a
1: name here because uh, he's he's gone and he's a worthy person. I a very dear friend of mine who was is, who is now passed. Roscoe Lee Brown, who I knew out in Los Angeles. He's the one that restored my full name because I was still using Fred when I first moved to uh, Hollywood back in 04 or something. And um, and I met him, and he's you know what is your name? And he spoke in this very deep and you know full voice. And what is your name? And uh, I I said, Fred, he said, that is not your name. What is your name? And I said, "Uh, Frederick, that is your name.
0: (laughs) And and by (laughs) the way, if you don't know who he is, check him out on IMDb. Uh, Very impressive, very impressive resume Uh, and, and a Shakespearean actor, by the way. Well,
1: come to find out, he did the same thing for Lawrence Fishburne, who used to be Larry Fishburne, for those who don't remember. But uh, the two of them were very close, and he had the exact same conversation, come to find out. And ever since, Larry became Lawrence. So there we have it. We well, have that um,
0: Mike being the rebel had the nun who said there are no St. Mike's in heaven and still chose to be Mike. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey. so uh, sorry, sister, I'm still Mike. There it is. <laughs> but that's that's it. And, and of course, I was not born, Michael. I was born Michael, which is the German pronunciation. So I never really answered well to it anyway. Uh-huh. And, and you've met my mother. So, you know, this is not a... Uh, a line of jive here.
1: No, it uh, isn't.
0: It, the, she's the, very German. <laughs> so,
1: it's funny because you mentioned earlier we have uh, right. our parents are uh, very similar in personality but they're flipped because my mother and your father are very much the sort of softer gentler side of parenting and your mother and my father were, you know, the other side. But so the
0: more uh, <laughs> let's just call it strict. We'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> um,
1: another podcast. <laughs> Tune in next week ladies and gentlemen. Um, so So, so anyhow, back to this thing, I think, you know, we've talked about the, the idea that, uh, we have lost the ability between stimulus and response to actually, you know, exercise some, some pause and, and make some different choices. And I think it's important to say that's not true across the board. There are plenty of people doing kind things and making a, you know, turning the other cheek as the Christians would say, um, they just don't make it onto the news the way some of the other stuff comes. And was that?
0: Of course. Yes. You're, you're yes. Absolutely yeah. right. Of course. And, and you know, we even have examples in media, and 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 you and I, if folks haven't figured out, come from dissimilar political backgrounds, but we they both enjoy watching Bill Maher, and Bill Maher has has this ability to to. Um, have civil conversation on his show.
1: I think, well, he does something that I think there are a few people who try to, to to do the same, but but there are, I think maybe far more people who don't, which is to really embrace the echo chamber, um, as opposed to really do what we are doing here, which is put not just to balance for balance sake which I don't think actually goes anywhere. But I am becoming, as I've gotten older, genuinely interested in where that idea, which I would never have imagined coming up with myself, where did that idea in, in, in I'm putting your in quotes, not yours specifically, Mike, but you know whoever I'm talking to, how did you come to that conclusion? What is your experience that made you think, that was the way to interpret that. And maybe I've been wrong. God forbid. Don't tell anybody. But, you know, maybe there's something that I've not taken to account because I. All right. So I've lived all over the world. I've, I've been on six of the seven. No, 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 five of the seven continents. I haven't been to Australia yet. And I have seen. Everything from people in palaces, literally, to uh, to children living in piles of trash, uh, in, you know, in, in parts of Africa and South America and so forth. I've 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 seen a great deal, and um, everything in between, in the various forms of 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 life and existence on this planet. And the one conclusion I've continued to come to is that 99.999% of people in this world are just trying to get through their day, just trying to pay their bills, feed their family, you know, get home safe at the end of the day. And not everybody is as successful at that. But most people are not waking up in the morning saying, hey, I'm going to go screw that guy. Um, That's just not really where most of us are as, as a species. So if your genuine motivation is just to try and get through your day the way I am, we have to have something more in common than we're, we're catching on to, right?
0: I, I agree. And, and, you know, I saw a lot of the same humanity in my life that you have, only I saw it in a different circumstance, and that usually involved a uh, uh, military action of some kind sure. or another, sure, or because I was in the Coast Guard, uh, rescue action of some kind or another. And uh, have spent considerable time in in places like Haiti and Panama and uh, Colombia and uh, in the little part of Cuba that the U.S. occupies. And uh, have seen extreme, extreme poverty. And I remember sitting out one night just contemplating life, as as you're apt to do when you see those kind of situations, and and came to the conclusion that that goat herder with the five kids, all he wants to do is raise his kids and hope that they have a better life than Mm -hmm. he has. And when you realize that, um, then then you can set aside a lot of these differences that are points of discussion, and they are important. Let's, let's not say they're not important, but we do have common ground in that we all want a better life for our kids if we have kids, and we all want society to be better tomorrow than it is today. And uh, it's how we think, how I think we should do that and how you think. We should do that. That's where the difference lies,
1: and that's okay because there are many, as the as the saying goes, there are many roads to Mecca. You know, the, the, we can walk a different path, but I think the the destination, the goal, for the most part, is still the same place. And there's nothing wrong with taking a different path uh if, if we can just recognize that my taking this path in no way hinders you from you taking that path and vice versa. But somehow we have gotten it into this this idea that my path is the only path. And not only are you wrong for walking a different path, but how dare you walk my path with me? Because this is my path and only my path. And we see that in so many different areas of, of society and, and interpersonal connection, religion, it's funny, I made a list of what are the – the uh, just off the top of my head, some of the topics that uh, are triggers for incivility in conversation and, and, and unfortunately sometimes in other forms. And the first one I put down was politics. But then as I started to continue with the, my list, I thought today – and this is I – th- I think this is sad, um, but it seems – and correct me if you think differently, Mike – it Seems like everything falls under politics now.
0: Everything. You know, I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that, and and that, you know, you know, our our parents' generation would have told us you don't discuss politics and politics and religion, and religion and, right? And, and civil company, which which if everything is politics, there's nothing left to discuss.
1: And so. <laughs> now we've gotten to the root of the problem, ladies and gentlemen, haven't we? Because here's my here's my list. Here's my list. Politics was the first thing, and I was just initially thinking that's its own entity. And then I said social issues, education, health, religion, sex and gender issues today, children's behavior and interaction, bullying and so forth, adult behavior and interaction. Same thing, but certainly as an example that uh, is set for children on television, and person, whatnot. Um, and I even threw, you know, little daily today things like driving when you talk about the the uh the woman and the bicyclist, And I thought to myself, how many times have I been the one screaming and hollering with my windows up to myself when somebody wasn't driving in the way that uh that I saw fit? You know, eating this you, you go down the list, but in today's framework, almost everything on that list has become a political issue.
0: Oh agreed. And and you know, just to touch on the the road rage slash driving issue. I do remember when my niece was about four years old and we were driving down the road, and she said, Uncle Mike, you know, blank, 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 blank is a bad word, right? <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> and so out of the mouths of babes but anyway uh, it's it's that's, it's that's when you respond
1: only when it's said to someone who doesn't deserve it
0: <laughs> I, no I said I'm sorry because I figured that was appropriate but, but and she's 13 now so it's been a while ago yes does um, she still have that but, yeah. tick
1: after uh, you know your influence has she recovered
0: <laughs> she, she. I don't want to know what she says when I'm out around but she's an angel when I'm around so we'll leave it at that but but you know, it's it's funny how everything has become politicized, and so and and I guess I might as well tilt my hand a little and let everyone see the cards. I, I come from a very libertarian background. Uh, I I don't uh, I I don't conform to either political party greatly, though I am right leaning. I will admit, right right libertarian, and and um, just
1: just for clarity, ladies and gentlemen, when he says right, he doesn't mean correct. He, it's well, you know, I mean right both. as a direction, I mean but but he's I not no right. You know, just to be clear, just to be clear.
0: Well, and you know, libertarianism, <laughs> and I don't mean to turn this into a quick uh, a lesson, but I'll make it quick. You know, libertarianism has two ideals: it has uh, you don't hurt other people unprovoked, and you don't take their stuff. Up. And so we don't initiate violence, and we don't take people's things. But that doesn't inform our worldview. That's those are just really two simple beliefs. So my worldview is informed by other influences uh probably from my well no probably to from my parents uh bavarian catholic upbringings and and the way they raised us no doubt so uh not only am i correct but i am also (laughs) rightly and so but but the point i was i was making is that doesn't make everything politics And, and so if you and i go to a uh dive bar and we discuss music is there a political element in music most certainly anyone who's a, a huge mm-hmm. fan of john coltrane and who's read his biographies and and studied his work john's movement in in the late mid to late 60s towards those very dissonant sounds that he was making were inspired by the birmingham church bombing where the little kids were killed so so there's a political element in music uh, but that doesn't mean that you and I disagree about the the greatness of of probably one of the greatest musicians who ever lived, uh, because we disagree on other political issues.
1: Well, I, I would assume you don't disagree on uh, his statement against the uh, of the not. virtues of the church bombing either.
0: Of course not. I, I fully agree. Uh, but my point being that I can come from the right, and you can come from where you come from, and we can agree that what he was doing was relevant, important, and. and made a very strong statement about the violence that was occurring in 60s society.
1: So so here's where I'm going to challenge you. Um and 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 strap in, this is going to be good. Um I would challenge that you aren't as right as you claim you are.
0: Well, it depends on the issue, doesn't it? <laughs> even so-
1: even even with the issue because I I think that and and, I, and I'm going to let me be fair, I'm not as left as the box that society would put me
0: in either. Well, I, that's probably part of our purpose here. Well, is who, who I who think that's these per- ideas.
1: I think oh, most sorry. of it. No, no, well, no interrupt. That's what this is about. Um, by the way, nobody. Okay. Just for, okay. Hang on. Uh, theater and, 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 and acting and presentation background. You know, those moments when you feel really awkward watching a TV show or a film, something doesn't seem right. <laughs> of course. Okay, one of the things that makes those awkward moments is when I the one actor is waiting for the other to finish their line. Nobody does that in the real world.
0: Of course not. Of
1: okay, course not. we talk over each other. We're we're if it, not just out of disrespect, sometimes you're saying something that's really got my attention and I, I yes, you're absolutely oh, oh totally, man. You know, there's there's a active Participation in a conversation. And it's really weird to me when I'm talking to, you know, I may as well be talking to the microphone who's just sitting there listening, spellbound on my every word. No, that's strange. Don't do that as a human being. Tell me that you're engaged in what I'm saying, and so I don't know. That was that was off on left field. know no, it's, but- it's a
0: crazy it's <laughs> side, but it, the point is, we'll try not to talk over each other. But if we do, we do it all the time in person, and, and uh, it happens usually because we're vehemently agreeing, which is really odd. <laughs> okay,
1: so thank you. That's a great segue back to my original point. Before sure. we went down left left-handed field there. I find that every time you and I have actually started to break down the subject we're we're engaging, really start to get beneath the surface of what we're uh, going on about, we find that while our outward perspective may have been left or right, so to speak, the minute we get below that surface, we're almost in full agreement down the line.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And and the honest truth is there's a three by five card of allowable opinion that they whoever they may be have presented and said if you're on this three by five card you're right wing if you're on this three by five card you're left wing if you're on this three by five card you're just not allowed to speak we're going to cancel you and and so and and we move people from card to card depending on the situation and to your point when you start to ask well charles why do you think that well i think that because a b c d well, I I I think what I think because of ABCD, then you can have a real discussion. And and I think that's why civil discourse is important, uh, not just the show, but actual civil discourse. We we can come to the conclusion that we think our solutions are different, but we have the same motivations. Uh,
1: well, and and thank you for using the word solutions because I <laughs> If your motivating factor is to actually find a solution to a problem, not state an opinion because that's the opinion I'm supposed to have. I've been told I'm supposed to have, then the network I watch tells me that's how I'm supposed to feel about this. But I actually want to express a thought that might be a step forward in our world, then it doesn't, then I'm okay as long as your solution doesn't hurt me, so to speak in my loved ones if your solution is actually uh motivated as a a way to make a something better then it, it's great that it's different than my solution now we have two solutions as opposed and, to there it can only be my answer because that's the way it is and any other answer is wrong period
0: well and we know that's not always true right sometimes two solutions work perfectly that's almost uh, never both true of, both of- What's
1: that? I, I would argue that's, I, I can't think of a single example right now of where that is true, where where there is only one solution to any problem.
0: No, I think in most cases, there are multiple solutions to a problem, and some of them are equally uh, sound solutions. It's just a matter of figuring out which one, in, in many cases, we have to pick the one that's most, either most cost effective or has the least impact on, on people in a negative way, negative yeah. impact on people. And that's the discussion, you know. And looking at the current situation globally with Russia and Ukraine, uh, I don't accept that we have heard the entire truth. Uh, and, and I don't think in any war we hear the entire truth. And that's a lot of that's based on my own personal experience, having gone into combat zones where you know what the media is reporting and what's really happened are two very different things. Uh, but I think we all probably agree that peace is the optimal solution, right? And, and a withdrawal of, of Russian uh, belligerence in, from Ukraine. Uh, what caused Russia to enter into that that Ukraine? I think that's where the discussion lies. And I don't want to make this about Russia and, and Ukraine. Uh, and, and of course, I'm always for those civilians who are victimized by either side. So um, being the son of someone whose who's family uh, looked at the the ruins of Germany after the war, so anyway, uh, well, I, which it's funny, I, by the way, for a military guy to be vehemently anti-war, isn't it?
1: So, no, I, I think if ever there was a group of people who have the authority to state the the problem with war, it'd be those who have been there, right?
0: I, I come to it, honestly, to your point, and, and we can talk about that on another show. But uh, yeah, I, I think... I oh, know think- my
1: friend. I oh, know my friend. We will talk about that on another show. <laughs> so,
0: uh, I I and I and by the way belong to several veterans against the war against war uh groups. Uh, so I do put my boots on the ground when it comes to this particular issue. But no, I think I think we have to uh, seriously discuss uh, uh the the root beliefs that we share and why we came to other solutions. And once we do that, you know, the funny thing is I can't call you a communist and you can't call me a fascist and we can actually have rational and civil discourse.
1: So it, it really, I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll say one more time here, uh, by the way, is the bread ready? What was the, is the elevator here? What was that? Uh, thing I don't we know just, what that uh,
0: was. I the, thought I'd silenced all those <laughs> things. So uh, <laughs> your,
1: your Uber has arrived. <laughs> 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 no, but I, 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 think that the, a really important question for all of us to ask ourselves when we engage in a conversation it's not how to avoid the conversation, not avoid a conflict and in dialogue, but what what are the motivating factors of of my uh, my opinion, my you know what what is it that is driving this perspective? Because I would like to challenge myself to always be thinking of a a, a growth. You know, this sounds very kumbaya, but whatever my initial gut reactions based on experience and, and so forth may be to to actually choose to pause and ask, what is the motivation behind that perspective or this idea or this thought I'm about to express? Is it because I'm right because I'm right? Or is it because I really think there's some value that that this idea, this opinion, this solution, whatever it is, can actually offer? to the conversation or the problem. And if, if we just all come from that place, then it's not because then it doesn't fall into the trap of, well, that's what the host on, on CNN or Fox news told me, or that's what my father always said. And therefore it's, it's based in a genuine desire to make the, the world a better place and enter some fairy dust or something i don't know
0: Boy, you, you're, you're <laughs> on you there. But, but but you I understand think, what i'm saying i mean it, it no it, i think i think you know setting aside the the schmaltz and there's nothing wrong with schmaltz by the way little schmaltz, schmaltz. A little schmaltz setting aside the schmaltz by the way that 1% jewish uh, heritage i have just showed up didn't mm, it? Mm. <laughs> but anyway <Oy>. uh, <laughs> setting aside the schmaltz uh I think that is important. And Schmaltz is important. You know, in the end, I do believe in the brotherhood and sisterhood of man, our mankind. And and I think we do have to uh, have empathy for our fellow man. And just because we disagree on who should be our next congressman in this district, whomever that may be, doesn't mean that we can't walk the path together and make sure our children have better lives. And so I think bringing this bus back around, I think that really is one of the main goals of, of this discussion that we're going to have on a weekly basis is, is how do we bring the bus around and how do we walk down the same path and make life better for our kids, even when you're wrong on that issue. And I'm absolutely right. Yes.
1: Well, so. we've <laughs> talked about that, haven't we? Um, okay. I think we've, we've nailed the civil discourse part of, part of this show and what that's about. Great. Um I, I think we need to spend a minute on the TNSS part. This is not wow. a safe space.
0: I, I think that's important. And, yeah. and I'll, I'll address it first. And, and Off you go, do, hear,
1: good doctor, please.
0: <laughs> I would love to hear your thoughts. I think we've gotten to a point where if you're off that three by five card of allowable opinion I, I talked about earlier, you know, should, should we... Uh, I don't know. I'm I am i am not even gonna to try to address an issue because it may set us off. But if you're off <laughs> to three by five, are you saying we're not problem.
1: focused? What are you saying?
0: <laughs> well, no, I I we might go down that tangent and I'm looking at the clock. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I think we as a society have gotten to a point, probably in the last I want to say the it started with Bill Maher. And it really to bring it back to Bill Maher, I remember after 9/11, Bill Maher. Politically incorrect. On, yes, politically yep. incorrect. Yep. And he said it's a great courage for those terrorists to fly planes into the world trade center they they were not
1: cowards is what he was responding to somebody said they're cowards and he was saying no you don't do that when you're a coward
0: right and and he wasn't saying they were right no he wasn't saying that they they were heroes he didn't say any of that he just said don't call them cowards yeah insane i think that's an acceptable (laughs) term uh Irrational, You know, we could use a hundred mm. correct terms to address it, but cowards was not a correct yeah. term. And he was immediately canceled by his network. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get a job. People just shunned him. And, and he was persona non grata. And I think that was when cancel culture really started. And now we have a situation where if I dig through your history and find something inappropriate that you said when you were 19 years old. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to shut you down and you no longer can make a living. And, and I'm sorry, this is just, it's insane. Because if you looked at my record when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. Oh goodness! I said all kinds of terrible stuff. So, you? thank goodness there was no social media. By the way, you
1: no, <laughs> me. no. The good doctor, no.
0: <laughs> well, the good doctor came long after the bad boy. So we'll leave
1: <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> so. No, I think that's a great example on a on a higher uh, or or more um, uh, elevated, you know, part of our society. Because once you reach a certain level of recognition and fame boy the target has become you know bright 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 red uh, to go after uh, if you do anything that uh, i can use to weaponize to use against you do say whatever and um but let's bring it down to more a more universal level uh i'm sitting in a university Right now. And I, I'm not going to, I don't know what the history of Sacred Heart has been, but I know it has been a common thing in the last decade or so on college campuses, period, where this idea of a safe space. I, I don't want to be challenged. I don't want to be offended. I don't want to even be in a place that might, there might be a risk of that happening. So, um, you know, I, I need this to be a quote, safe space. Can, can I challenge you on the
2: definition of safe space? Please. Because I
1: always misinterpret. This is I, Keith, by the way. This is our producer of, of the show. Hello, Keith. Hi. I, cause,
2: just because I've always interpreted it as a different way. Go on. Not yeah. as a place of not being offended, but as a place to go where opinions can be heard without repercussion.
1: See, that's what I would call a safe space, but that's Wait, not, no, that, that is that's not what I, I often hear is the way it's being so used. So when, when I
2: tell my students you're in a safe space, it means we can speak freely here without reprisal.
1: And, well, the, and that's what a safe term, space should be.
2: Right, Not a, a safe space is not a place where I go and hide in the corner from the rest of the world. That's that's called your closet. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> couldn't so agree more. I, I think,
0: that, though, in, in recent history- I think we're it depends seeing,
2: on the university, too.
0: Yeah, Probably, I, and no. I think in recent history, we're seeing a, a divergence of opinion on what a safe space is. And true to your to you, and I do it all the time when I teach adults. I say, "This is Vegas. What's said here stays here. We're not going to go out and say Keith <laughs> dead or, or Charles said this, that, and the other thing." I do it all the time, and, and so that was that is the traditional version of what a safe space is. I think nowadays is where I'm not going to be offended, and and you know, or I don't the, even
1: stand the risk of being
0: offended, right. And, and sometimes you need to offend. I taught for 10 years and I taught high school kids. And sometimes you have to challenge the norm just to get them to flesh out what they're thinking. But
1: if I can interrupt, because I think you, hit, you said something very good there, which is uh, you said two somethings. You use the word offended and the word challenged in the same sentence. And I.
0: I'm smart. Well, I didn't even hear myself. I know. It. <laughs> I know.
1: To think. Um, uh I I that I think we really need to spend some time on those two words because one should be enthusiastic about being challenged. I mean we really should. The 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 tradition of of education both as the teacher and as the student is to challenge someone to grow beyond their current space. You know, in, in whatever whether it's intellectual or or in a physical sense or uh, in a in a skill level, you have to be challenged to grow, and that's exactly what the purpose of education is. That's exactly what, as far as I'm concerned, the purpose of life is to grow. And it doesn't happen if you're in the bad definition of a safe place. You're never getting challenged. The idea that there is a, a synonymous nature between the word challenged and offended, I think, is is something to examine. I don't have an answer there, but they, those two words have become synonymous and I don't think they should be. I don't think they should no. be at all.
0: No, And just because I challenge your notion doesn't even mean that we disagree. I think the best professors I had in my many years in, in upper education, uh, would challenge you whether they agreed with you or not and made you flesh out. And it goes back to the Greek philosophers, right? Plato, Aristotle. Yeah. Uh, those guys challenge their students on a regular basis. You know, we come with the Socratic method because of a certain way of teaching. Uh, I, I think challenging ideas is important. So uh, why are you against war? Why are you against this? Why are you against that? Why do you think that? I think those are important questions to ask. And just because I ask those questions doesn't mean you're wrong. I just want to know why you think that way. And this goes back to, um, the, the the earlier, you know it ties right back around. This is not a safe space because we want to have civil discourse. Well, and, and this is also,
1: I think you know you talk about the Greeks and the early philosophers. This is also the birth of rhetoric that which has become a dirty word in our, our modern uh, uh, you know dialogue. We, we don't want to listen to your rhetoric. I'm sick of your rhetoric, the political rhetoric. Well, the fact of the matter is those same philosophers who challenge their students, also taught them how to make their arguments in in either their counter challenges or in their acceptance. You had to actually define where you landed in thought, and you defined it using these the techniques of rhetoric. It would be the the how to make an argument, how to justify and be convincing um, and, uh, on on whatever the topic of the day was. And the truth is. The people we think of most as the as, as great speakers of our time and the end of history, you know the, the, the Abraham Lincolns and uh, you know the Martin Luther Kings and so on these were people who had mastered the art of rhetoric, not as a, a, a weapon against reason that I'm going to somehow use in a political way, but to actually be able to express with thought and consideration an idea. And and challenge the audience or the listener or the person across the table from me to convince me that my ideas might be wrong. There wasn't a dirty word the way it has become now, the same way challenge uh, wasn't a dirty word. And once upon a time, offense was something that I think that word has just become far too loosely associated with, again, challenge there and, and so it, it has lost its meaning in my humble opinion. I mean you offend me and so I shall walk across the stage and slap you even though I nobody understands why <laughs> you know, verbally or otherwise. Well,
2: I mean that goes back to the safe space area it's it's everything's been co-opted by one side to change the argument. so safe space, cancel culture yes you know the people that talk about cancel culture are talking about the wrong thing because everything they talk about like cancel culture isn't actually cancel culture yes so it's called accountability sometimes yes (laughs) so it's it's the changing of definitions by a message and a, a messenger wants to shape it so you think that all the time yes yeah
0: yes let's not pretend that either political side exclusively uses these tactics either. I, I've watched society as a political outsider, or politically homeless person for a long time. And, and both sides engage in this in different ways. So, uh, you know, Bill Maher was canceled by both sides. Let's be real honest about it. Both sides canceled him and and, and tossed him to the side. And I have watched his show on occasion. I'm not a loyal viewer, but I watch it every, every two, three, four weeks. And he calls out the people who turn their backs on him on a regular basis to this day. So it obviously hurt him a lot. And, and the thing is, is we lost for a time a, a very uh, sound voice in in the political discussions of of the day. Even though I tend to disagree with Bill Maher probably seventy percent of the time, but I still want to hear what he has to think because he's very uh, thoughtful. Uh, so
1: well, no, I don't. I don't think there's any monopoly on on. Some of these six things. In fact, I would even maybe argue with not necessarily a wheelbarrow full of of citations to back my argument up, but my gut says it's almost more the, the cancel culture thing has become more of a um, a weaponized uh, t- tool on on the left. I don't know if that's actually true, but it seems like a lot of the people who are being quote canceled. Are being done you know getting it from the quote left side um and they're members of the left obviously that's not universal that's not across the board but and maybe I'm wrong I mean I haven't sat down there and done the numbers yet, but I think there is one of the arguments that I thought was very interesting after going back to will Smith again was in the 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 Hollywood elite well, that term we love to hear um is considered the enlightened woke there's another term I love um you know liberal uh, extremist side of society, right, and they're the first ones to say you know violence is never an option and never acceptable, and you know this that and the other well, that entire room stood up in applause with standing ovation after. Uh, he committed that act of violence right there in front of him 20 minutes earlier. And I forget now who I was, uh, uh, listening, uh, to, uh, discuss this issue, but I thought it was a very interesting point. He said, this perception of the enlightened left, which if ever there was a room that exemplifies that quote unquote, uh, basically made them all look like a bunch of hypocrites.
0: Well, that's going to have to be the last word on this topic because we are out of time. Says who? You have a a list of folks we want to thank, and and I'm going to let you run through this list. Uh, But first off, before we go to that, I want to thank you, and I want to thank you for having this idea, and I want to thank you for allowing me to participate in it. And uh, quite honestly, I want to thank you for doing most of the legwork to get – to where we are right now. He's talking
1: to you, Keith. Um, He's not talking uh, to me. And and I do want to thank Keith as well for
0: for putting this together. So I'll let you go through the rest of the list.
1: Well, uh, first of all, to you guys at home or in your car, wherever you may be listening to this, um, this was our first show. And I hope some of what we've talked about, uh, you know, touched a a chord for you. Maybe this is a thought or frustration that you've had. And I'm hoping this will be a place that uh, we can not only voice some of these real concerns and challenges and maybe come up with a couple of solutions, but I, we also want to hear from you. You know, what What do you think about the things we've said today? What do you think about some experience you've had on your own? What's been bothering you or challenging you or what triumph in this area maybe have have you had That is worth sharing. I think we put together an email for this. uh, Did we not, Mike? Um, I I
0: think you, you, this is where I was talking earlier that you've been driving this. You, you put together one. It's civil discourse, TNSS at
1: gmail.com.
0: There we go. Civil so discourse. Please email us. We will read it. We may not read it on the air, but no, we'll read it.
1: But we will actually going forward, you know, if, if people write in and it's something that is appropriate um, and you can say what you want. But, uh, you know, if we can't read it, we can't read it. Um, but, you know, we want to, this to be a forum for for everybody from every walk of life to be able to step in. We'll also be putting together a website soon and, and all sorts of other stuff. So stay tuned as things develop there. But uh, I am uh, thrilled to be able to thank Sacred Art University, the School of Communication, Media and the Arts, uh, Jim Castingay, our illustrious producer, Keith V. did I say it right? C- close enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how do you say it? As, as an immigrant kid, I, names how names are pronounced is important to me.
2: The correct way is Zdrojovi. Zdrojovi.
1: Yeah. Okay. I pr- I promise before we uh, uh, are dead and gone, I will get it get it fully right. But uh, I love a good challenge. Zdrojovi. For, for many
2: years, people just called me Z.
1: <laughs> Keith <Keep> Z. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Keith. Uh, Molly Jacob is also going to be working with us in the uh, in the production booth uh, in the coming uh, shows. So I'll throw a preemptive thank you towards Molly uh, for her support of this. Uh, Dr. Mike, Dr. Mike Koeniger, Koeniger, Coniger. What? What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> two out of three were correct the other one I don't know where that came from by the way that's an old principal that used to call me that and it was a running joke so, I love it I love it
1: so uh, um, and I am Charles Frederick Secrese this has been civil discourse this is not a safe space thank you for, for listening to you and supporting this program and please join us again next time
0: thank you and see you next week